This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Bama Online Podcast. This one, a recruiting-centric version of the Bama Online Podcast. It is a Friday. It is July the 30th, 2021. That means the start of a college football season, at least from a fall camp perspective, right around the corner, but also some recruiting news and notes to jump into and here to do that with us. Hank South does an outstanding job for us. At BamaOnline.com, a titan, I would say, of recruiting coverage at BamaOnline.com. And Hank, uh, we haven't caught up in a little bit. It's been a lot of action, though, for Alabama on the recruiting front. And first, though, I wanted to get your thoughts on this Texas and Oklahoma news to the SEC. And just from a recruiting perspective, what were some of your initial thoughts uh, upon the word that this was going to go down? Did you think of it maybe in terms of beneficial to Texas and Oklahoma? Uh, is it beneficial, detrimental to Alabama and all the work they've done under Dick Saban out there in the state of Texas, especially? Or is this maybe just a win-win for all parties involved? Yeah, I think it's beneficial to Texas and Oklahoma. You know, you see a lot of these kids, uh, you know, in Texas, and neither of these programs are really struggling recruiting. You know, obviously Bama's recruited better than anyone, but you know we're still seeing Oklahoma and Texas land big time kids um, year in and year out. But I think you know now having that SEC brand to back up to, uh, you know, I, I think kids like Texas and Oklahoma, but you know then they look over to the SEC, they see these guys getting drafted, they see these NFL players coming out of of not just Alabama, all these programs. Um, and you know, that that's tempting too. I think that's really helped Texas A&M since they've joined the conference, um, in 2012. So, um, I, I think it'll help them from, uh, from a recruiting standpoint. Um, once, once they join the conference, I think, you know, kids are going to be more drawn to that. It'll make recruiting battles, I think in Texas, a little bit more interesting. Um, but you know, I, I don't think it's going to hurt Alabama. You know, I think they're still going to probably clean up in the state of Texas as long as, you know, Nick Saban's there, as long as they continue on this trajectory they're on, um, you know, it's going to be um, a little, maybe a little bit more competitive. Um, you know, Texas, Oklahoma are going to have a little bit more to pitch. Uh, you know, big 12, isn't this, um, uh, super desirable conference to go join. Um, you know, kids don't get too excited about, you know, Texas, Kansas at 11 AM in November, you know, mm -hmm. now they can, uh, you, you know, pitch a little bit more fun of a regular season. Um, so I think it'll help them from that standpoint, but I, I don't think it, it's going to hurt Alabama. I, I, I think it's, you know, I think it's good for the conference. I think it'll be a more entertaining regular season more. So, you know, we, we have a, a great regular season already, but, you know, adding those two teams to the mix is going to make it even more fun. 
you're out in that neck of the woods with the Big 12. And from over here, anyway, the Big 12 had devolved to the point of feeling as if it was regional, man. Like, it was just a regional. And I understand it had the TV deals with Fox. And, um, you know, you, you still saw uh, Texas with its big deal with the Longhorn Network. But it, it felt very regional at, at where mm-hmm. it had gone to. Whereas the SEC, without Texas and Oklahoma, had emerged as this nationally preeminent uh, entity. Is that the vibe even out there you had started to pick up with the Big 12? I think so. You know, ever since the the last conference realignment, you know, when, when the Big 12 lost Nebraska, Colorado, Texas A&M, you know, that, that's the last time I think the Big 12 was, you know, that, that was a fun conference. You know, you had those Nebraska, Colorado games, Oklahoma, Nebraska. I mean, th- there were some really great games and, and great rivalries in the conference. And, you know, we, we've seen some excitement. You know, obviously Oklahoma is Oklahoma every year. Um, Iowa State has kind of emerged as a as a somewhat of a national contender. Uh, but it, yeah, it, it, it's nothing, nothing like, you know, what it used to be. It, it seems so, um, yeah, I don't even know the word, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just been kind of, it's been different ever since I, I thought, you know, the first years once, um, West Virginia and TCU joined, um, the conference after all that realignment, it, w- it was pretty fun to, to watch. You know, we saw West Virginia was pretty competitive. They had Geno Smith and, and, uh, Tavon Austin, TCU was making that TCU and Baylor were, were pretty good earlier in the decade. So, uh, but yeah, lately it just kind of feels like it's just, you know, trudging along. Doesn't, doesn't, there's not yeah, much, I, I, much I to it. I think you hit on it in relation to brands, which is what we talk about so much these days, whether it's now because of NIL, but uh, conference realignment. And when you do lose the likes of Nebraska and Texas A&M, which at the time were still very relevant brands on the national scene and you said it you know West Virginia came in uh with some with some heat uh didn't really make a lot of sense geographically but then again Mm -hmm. nothing's about to when we talk about conferences (laughs) I don't think um TCU was on a bit of a of a heater under Gary Patterson as well but it, it just seems like in the big picture you know those type of trades uh, the Big 12 did lose a, a pretty good bit from a from a national perspective. Hey, something we haven't talked about with you because we haven't been together here for a couple of weeks, but Alabama picking up its 12th and 13th commitments of the 2022 cycle since we last spoke. Sean Murphy, the elite linebacker from Manassas, Virginia, jumps on board, followed shortly thereafter by an in-state riser in Kobe Prentice. We had talked about both those guys, I think, here on the podcast in recent weeks with an emphasis probably more on Kobe Prentice, but uh, I suspect those two situations went down about the way you expect. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think with Sean Murphy in particular, that, that was kind of a, that was a big win considering you look back earlier in the summer, uh, Bama's recruiting Shamar James, um, looked like they were in pretty good position too. even name Bama as leader coming out of his official visit. Then he commits to Florida uh, a few weeks later. So yeah, you kind of lose out on that inside linebacker spot and then you go and add a guy like Sean Murphy, um, to, to kind of fill in there, not even fill in. I mean, that, that's an outstanding 
pickup, um, big win over Florida, LSU, Ohio State, Penn State. He had some big time programs after him. Um, but to land him, um, and that's another example, you know, with Kobe Prentice and Sean Murphy, it's both, you know, Bama's been after Sean Murphy a lot longer than they were Kobe Prentice. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they watched Sean Murphy work out in person mid June, loved his workout. He did really, really well. Um, same thing with Kobe Prentice, loved his workout, obviously performed really, really well. And that's when we saw Bama really start to push for these two players um, and, and were successful in doing so with both committing this this month. So, um, yeah, you know, we, we were expecting Sean Murphy to choose Bama for about a couple weeks after he announced his intentions to commit. That was when things started seemingly turning to Bama and then obviously ended up at Bama. Um, and then Kobe Prentice, you know, as soon as he got that offer, you know, Tim, Tim Watts on BOL was, was publishing his nuggets saying, you know, watch out for this kid. Um, he was even committed to Maryland at the time. And, and sure enough, you know, he, 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 uh, he's now in Bama's class. So two big pickups, um, like you said, 12th and 13th commitments, um, in the class and, and Bama for a minute, they were at number three in the nation. Um, but the team rankings right now changed so much, uh, with, with one commitment here and there throughout the country that it, it changes. So I think, I think they're four right now. Um, but nonetheless, you know, in that top five already. Kobe Prentice, we talk about as a rising star from the in-state perspective. Uh, following your coverage, Tim's coverage, uh, our coverage there at BOL, and also paying attention to the social media timelines, I guess another highly regarded in-state prospect expected to perhaps make a commitment going into the weekend, Traquan Fagans, now of Thompson High School, uh, made the move to Thompson here in the offseason. Uh, looking at his profile, Hank, it looks like Miami, the overwhelming prediction uh, when it comes to the crystal balls. If it plays out that way, is this a guy, though, that Alabama you expect to to stay in touch with uh, until we get to the signing periods? Yeah, you know, it, it's a tough one. I think Bama, I think there's a lot of interest in Tricon Fagans. Um, you know, I, I think Bama's, uh, you know, still evaluating him. I, I think, you know, the, you know, what is he a take? Is he not? I think that's to be determined. But, you know, w- with him deciding today and there kind of being a little bit of, uh, I, I guess, you know, ind- indecision um, there, I, I think Miami probably is is trending, um, for the pick today. But yeah, like you said, I, I, signing day is still months away. You know, Bama could, could watch him this fall. Obviously they're going to be watching everybody at Thompson. I mean, Thompson is five-star U at this point, um, or five-star high school. I don't know. What is it? <laughs> um, but you know, they'll, they'll have their eye on him. Um, you know, that could certainly be a guy just cause he's committing somewhere right now. doesn't mean, you know, he, he can't flip later on. We've seen Bama do that plenty. So I, I personally think Fagans is, is an Alabama lean. Um, I, th- I think that's kind of even, he even said when we interviewed him earlier this summer after he visited, um, you know, uh, he, he said, I forgot what the wording was, but basically saying, you know, Bama's set the bar for him, um, in his recruitment. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens there. If, if he had commits to Miami today, uh, that's a big pickup for them, but I, I don't think Bim is completely out of the picture there. Is it kind of a situation similar to Shamar James or is there a big yeah, difference there? I, I think the difference there is, you know, I, I think Shamar James was absolutely a, a guy Bama wanted in the class. Um, and, you know, I, maybe Fagans is that guy. You know, I, I think there's there's not there's not a clear answer yet. Um, but I, I think in, in terms of what's happening right now, James was a priority target. They, you know, mm-hmm. Florida, that was just a win for Florida uh, right now. You know, I think it's, you know, Miami could get them, but, you know, Bama could really turn up the heat later on this fall. Traquan Fagans, according to the 
24-7 sports composite rankings, a top 80 national recruit four-star corner. So uh, I got to keep in mind here as we move forward, regardless of what happens going into the weekend. So when we look at Alabama still forming class, uh, is it the offensive line that maybe you're focusing on here for the immediate future? Is there still a couple of guys up front uh, that seem perhaps imminent where Alabama is concerned and commitment watch? And is it, if it goes down that way, are there two more, two more linemen you think that they would like to, to put in this class? Uh, maybe an interior guy and a tackle. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of what they're looking at, especially after the number of guys they signed in, in, uh, in 2021 on the offensive line. Um, and honestly, I think Tyler Booker's a guy that could end up playing guard. You know, I even talked to his offensive line coach at IMG and he said he thinks he's a guard long term. So, um, that'll be something to watch, but, um, two guys that, that we're tracking, um, there's more than two, but two guys to really keep a close eye on Dane Shore, um, who was an IMG lineman at one point, he went back to Georgia, um, for high school, but he's announcing a commitment on Saturday. Um, so, um, July 31st, he's, I don't believe he's planning to be at the cookout. That'd probably give it away. Um, <laughs> if he was at the cookout, but, uh, he's, he's supposed to announce a decision. I think Bama has been trending for him ever since his official visit, even maybe probably before that, you know, he, he visited for a day, came back for an official visit in the month of June. Um, I, I you know, Texas A&M, Oregon, um, Oklahoma, a few other schools are in play for him. Uh, but I think Bama probably has the edge there heading into tomorrow, in my opinion. Uh, and then another guy, Elijah Pritchett, that's kind of turned into a Bama, Florida state battle for him. Um, out of Columbus, Columbus, Georgia, Carver high school. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. He, he's another guy that took an official visit last month. He's expected back on campus this weekend. So certainly big to get him on a visit. I think he was at Florida state on Sunday. So he's been to Florida state several times. He's been to Bama, a uh, handful of times as well. I think he was also at 8A um, and then for an official visit in June. So those are kind of the two, I think, off, main offensive linemen to watch right now. But then, you know, beyond that, you have you got guys like Zach Rice, um, some other guys that had in on official visits um, in the month of June that have made commitments elsewhere that, you know, maybe Bama circles back on. But um, obviously not as priority of a position group as it was in 2021, but still some guys to watch for sure. Let's take a break here on the Bama Online Podcast. And as Hank touched on just a few moments ago, cookout weekend. It's back at the University of Alabama. We'll talk with Hank about that. Bit of a cookout preview with Hank South, recruiting analyst for us at BamaOnline.com. When the Bama Online Podcast returns right after this. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Back with more of the Bama Online Podcast, this one on a Friday morning, July the 30th, 2021. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL, along with Hank Sal, talking some crouton to get you going as we head into the final weekend, the final few days of the month of July. And of course, starting next weekend, the end of next week, we're going to have complete coverage of the 2021 Alabama football Crimson Tide for you. 
you're absolutely want to going to want to hang out with us at BOL. So cookout time. We took a break from the cookout in 2020, Hank. And what I wanted to ask you is because of so much activity that we saw with Alabama in the form of uh, camps, unofficial visits, heck, a ton of official visits in the month of June. How much is that or has it at all maybe changed the impact of, say, the the, the, the champions cook out and those type of events as you, you head into the latter stages of July and into August. Yeah, I guess you could say, you know, when you have the cookout in July, it, it waters it down just a little bit. Um, you know, we, we saw back in 2019, Bama had um, its champions cookout at the end of June and I think they did it in 2018 as well. Um, so it was certainly in that kind of primetime moment where, you know, you got all these kids on campus um, and you have that cookout and kids are getting over there. But, um, so, you know, having it in July and I think they've had it in July before they've had, they usually do two a summer. Um, obviously last year was totally different, but, uh, there's always kind of a, a, a lighter cookout. I think at the end of July, you know, we saw it in 2018, um, when guys like, you know, Darian Dalcourt committed and, you know, th- those weekends that kind of propel you into, into the fall. But, um, uh, so yeah, you know, it's not, it's not the star started list, but if you look back at, you know, who was on campus in the month of, in the month of June, um, you know, Bama had almost every single one of its, you know, top targets at the moment on campus. They they had a ton of unofficial visitors, hosted probably a good good chunk of their official visits. You know, it'll it'll be curious to see how many guys uh, they have in on official visits during the season. Um, now that they had all these guys in, um, but you know, unofficial visitors, campers, um, official visitors, you know, they, they they knocked a big chunk of that out in the month of June. So not a huge weekend on tap. Um, at Alabama, but still, you know, I say that, and there's some, there's some big targets, you know, we just talked about Elijah Pritchett expected in this weekend. Um, Earl little, that's a huge visit. That's one of the top, maybe the top defensive back target Bama has at the moment. Um, he was back, he was on campus for a few days in, in June. He's coming back this weekend and then he's coming back for an official visit in, uh, in November. So he's already named Bama as leader. So, you know, we're, we're, you gotta imagine this, this visit just will continue to strengthen that. Um, and then, you know, several commitments, a few other targets we can keep talking about, but, um, you know, you go into these weekends, it it feels like, you know, the weekends that are always not that big of a deal that end up, you know, having more storylines sometimes than, than you really think looking at it on paper. So it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. Big commitment weekend for the cookout. And as Hank said, or a little junior among the out of state, uh, attendees that are expected at least as, as Hank and Tim have continue to tell us things are subject to change on the recruiting front. So should be a lot of news and notes coming from the weekend. You got Dane Shore, the offensive lineman from the state of Georgia, previously of IMG on commitment watch uh, for Saturday. So uh, plenty to keep up with us there at BamaOnline.com as we move throughout the weekend. And Hank, as always, great stuff for us there at BOL. Always appreciate the time and, I hope if you have a cookout this weekend, <laughs> Hank, it doesn't get interrupted too much by the the cookout over in the state of Alabama. Yeah, hey, we'll see. You know, it you know it changed the game recruiting reporter wise, and I've you know it's been a few years since I've, I've discovered this, but the hot spot on the phone. You know, you can go anywhere <laughs> and have your computer, and if you need internet connection, you always have internet connection. So. You know, I don't have any plans. I never have plans. I act like I'm a busy person. I'm usually just at home, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. But yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, the Earl Little Jr. angle will be interesting throughout the weekend, perhaps. And uh, 
Boy, you, you said it about five-star you or five-star high, I guess, when it comes to Thompson. <laughs> but is American Heritage cornerback high? It has to be. I mean, if it's if it's DBU at Alabama, LSU, or Florida, I guess. American Heritage down in Fort Lauderdale, uh, that area, it has to be DBU. I mean, all these corners coming from down there. That's a great content idea. We need to talk to one of the national guys to look at all these high schools. and, and got say, Patrick the, Sertan. Uh, yeah. Tyson, Tyson Campbell. Campbell, yeah, Earl Little, and then uh, I feel like there was someone. Oh, they just. Uh, I mean, they're going to have somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to it's going to keep coming. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, the, the coach down there might have something to do with that. Right. I think. <laughs> hey, uh, Hank, have a great weekend, my friend. And again, we always appreciate you taking the time here on the Bama Online Podcast. You too, Travis. Thanks, man. For Hank Sal, Travis Ryer, thanking you once again for joining us on the Bama Online Podcast. If you haven't, how about a subscription? the Bama Online Podcast, free, simple as a click or two. And if you'd leave us a rating and a review while you're there, that would help us out immensely as well. And of course, you want to keep it locked to BamaOnline.com. Post up with us on the roundtable there, the premium message board of choice for Alabama Crimson Tide fans around the world. For Hank, Travis, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again real soon on the BOL Pod.